Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Zanetti from Wrestling Mindset for being here. You know, uh, I reached out to, to Wrestling Mindset and I said, we need you guys. I, I've been watching you at the NWCA National Convention and, and, I, and I'm a believer. And, you know, I wasn't talking to you and, I, and they came back and they said, hey, our co-founder wants to, wants to do the Oregon Clinic. And I was like, yes. So thank you, Gene, for, for being a part of our clinic. And I'm going to let uh, Dan Weaver introduce you. I appreciate you being here. Excellent. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you, Trent. Um, so everyone who's here, just welcome to the 2020 Oregon Virtual Coaches Seminar, uh, powered by Restore College Wrestling Oregon and the NWCA. It's also presented by Defense Soap, United States Marine Corps. Um, kind of like Trent said, just thanks to everyone who's coming out to support Oregon Wrestling. Um, we know that uh, Restore College Wrestling uh, Oregon is such a powerful group. Uh, we just can't thank everyone enough for taking time out of their busy schedules to help support Oregon Wrestling. Um, so for our, before we get, begin, um, you guys have any questions for Gene, at the bottom there is that Q&A button. Please just put all your questions right into there, and we'll make sure that Gene gets a hold of those. So uh, for our speaker for this evening is Gene Zanetti, the co-founder of Wrestling Mindset. Gene, the stage is all yours. All right, it's time to get the mental edge. Real excited to be here with you. Of course, I started my career as an athlete. In high school, I wound up taking third in the state. Both my younger brothers, they outplaced me. They took second. Then in college, all three of us were nationally ranked all Ivy League wrestlers. Well, Jeff and myself and Greg was ranked as high as sixth in the country. He was a two-time academic All-American at Rutgers University. I then went on to Springfield College, got my first master's degree in exercise science and sports psychology. My second master's degree was at Montclair State, and that was in clinical psychology. So we understand the mind and body connection, and that's the idea of being the total package, right? It's a, wrestling's a holistic sport, and when you look at it, it's a great metaphor for life. We just saw that Dan Gable today got the Medal of Freedom, which is an unbelievable honor. I think the highest honor you could get as a citizen, and so we're real proud of him. But one thing he talks about is that once you wrestle, everything in life is easy, Right? And I know Tom Ryan says, you know, it's once you've wrestled, everything else in life is easier. And it's very true because wrestling is a metaphor for everything that we do. And just look at this period of time. The real elephant in the room is COVID. And this, this really unprecedented period in history where things are shut down. And now some people have a season. Some people don't have a season. Some people have a truncated season. Either way, we have to be ready. We have to see opportunity. Even when there's adversity, we got to see opportunity. We got to come out of the, under, the other end of this better. So this wrestling mindset is not just on the mat. It's not just about state and national titles and Olympic championships, which are all great. And we want to help you reach your goals. We want your team to reach their goals. But it's even more important than that. It has to do with life. Confidence is confidence. Whether you're taking the SATs, you're in a job interview, asking someone out on a date, state championships or saying no to drugs and peer pressure. Basically, do you believe in yourself or not? That's mindset. So we want our goal is the same as yours. Your coaches, we're coaches. You coach the technique and the skills and everything else. We coach mindset. 
So that's the, way, the best way to look at this is strength training for the mind. We'll get to that in a moment. But the point is, our goal is the same as yours. We want to use wrestling as a vehicle to build virtue and mental skills for life. So being a champion on the mat and off the mat. If it's just on the mat, we failed. You failed as a coach. If all your athletes are is a, is a success on the mat. We want to be both. I want you to have your cake and eat it too. We want you to be operating at a high level. So the first question I ask whenever I speak in front of groups, and we literally work with youth right through the Olympic team. We've worked with UFC fighters, professional athletes. We work with Andy Pettit and Lance Berkman's baseball team down in Texas. I worked them last year, two years ago, something like that. High-level athletes from individuals and teams, right? Before COVID hit, we're working with over 250 teams across the country, 250 individuals. Now, a lot of you see we've made a big push towards our corporate mindset and sales mindset. We work with Fortune 500 companies. Why is it so easy to make that transition? Well, because that wrestling mindset applies to life. Confidence is confidence. Focus is focus. Relaxing under pressure is relaxing under pressure. It's the same thing. So we're easily able to take that and now apply that to weight loss, exercise, business, school, doesn't make a difference. You, a lot of you following us know that we, we have academic mindset now available too. So we're helping students in the classroom. So as we go with that, first question I ask everyone, what percentage of wrestling is physical and what percentage is mental? Think about it for a moment. What would you say? Most people say as high as 90%, 95, even 99%. The low numbers are usually somewhere about 40 or 50%. Even if you're operating at the low number, 40% is a big chunk of the pie. If you're saying wrestling is somewhere between 50 and 90% mental, that's a lot. Now ask yourself the question, how much time are you training physically versus mentally? If you had to put a percentage on it, what percentage of your training is physical? What percentage is mental? And usually it's the exact opposite. Now, you don't have to be a mathematician to see there's a problem. If you're saying wrestling is 90% mental, you better be training 90% mental. Not that the physical training isn't important. The physical training is very important. And that's why you need to know the X's and O's, your technique, your skills, your drills, your strength training, your nutrition, your conditioning. That's all pieces of the pie. But if you're neglecting the mindset, you might be missing the biggest piece. And that's a big deal. So if you want to be the very best, and I have to make certain assumptions. If you're on this call, you probably want to be the best. So I'm speaking to you. If you look at most people, they tend to fall. If you look at the bell curve, where do most people fall? In the top, the bottom, or in the middle? People usually fall in the middle. So we don't want you to fall into that trap. If you want to be the best, you need to think like the best. You have to work very hard, and you have to work very smart. It's not either or. It's both hand. I wanted to pull this up on my computer so you could see this. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you real quick. But if you look at the mindset red flags, when people are not training smart, you have to work very hard and very smart. This is what we tend to see. People making these same mental mistakes. We call them the mindset red flags. And they include not pulling the trigger, not having the killer instinct when they compete, giving good opponents too much respect, Wrestling too cautious and hesitating, playing it too conservative, afraid to lose, afraid of making mistakes, being more of a practice room wrestler. We see that all the time and choking in big matches. There's many more. This is the result of not training hard and smart. We have to put a lot of time in on our mindset. If you keep doing what you're doing, you keep getting what you're getting. You've probably all told your athletes that before. And what's the definition of insanity? And that is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We don't want to fall into that trap. We want to make sure we're working hard, we're working smart, we're attacking the problem. Think about it. It applies in school too. Have you ever gotten better at math by studying English? Have you ever gotten better at science by studying history? No. You have to attack the problem head on. If you attack the problem, you'll find the solution. So that's what we're doing here tonight. We're attacking the problem. And like I said, this applies to our whole life. When we talk about wrestling mindset, this is not motivational speaking. This is not counseling. This is not therapy. And I love all those things. 
Remember, I'm a certified school psychologist. My master's degree is in clinical psychology. And now more than ever, mental health is important. And we address that with our mindset program. But this is di- we address it differently than counseling and therapy. This is not motivational speaking either. either. If you're just listening to someone give a presentation, studies show you're only going to retain 5%. That's very low. We want you to be more active. This is passive learning if you're just listening. Once you're taking notes, once you're doing the mindset exercises we give you, that retention rate jumps up to 50% or higher. So you want to be an active learner. You know that already. Your athletes, after you show them their technique, after you show them the skills, the drills, and the moves, what happens? You turn them loose and they drill it on their own. It's the same thing with mindset. I want you to look at this as strength training for the mind. This is not motivational speaking. I follow a lot of great motivational speakers on Instagram, but this is not that. What this is, is strength training for the mind. So there's different mental muscles, just like there's different physical muscles. You could have strong legs, but weak arms. You could have a strong neck, but a weak grip. In the same exact way, your athletes are very mentally strong with certain mental muscles, and your athletes are at the same time very mentally weak in other mental muscles. And this goes, this goes for our UFC fighters, our professional athletes, all top athletes. It's true. We all have at least relative mental weaknesses, and we're, all, and we're only as strong as our weakest link. So like I said, it goes back to attacking the problem. So different mental muscles, just like there's different physical muscles. Next, how many months out of the year are serious athletes strength, are strength training? 12 months out of the year. How many months out of the year are serious athletes practicing their technique? Are they drilling? Are they going to tournaments? 12. So, mindset. If you're a serious athlete, how many months out of the year do you think you should be working on your mindset? You probably guessed it. 12. So you want to approach mindset training the same way, especially since we already said it's 90% of the pie. So, there's different mental muscles. 12 months out of the year, and it has to be active. You cannot get stronger without lifting weights. You can't get better with your technique without drilling the moves. Of course, visualization all the way. I'm all for it. But you have to actually drill the moves. It's the same thing with mindset. If I say it once, I say it 93 times. You have to do the things we're telling you to do. Otherwise, things don't change, right? The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So we have to be willing to try some new things to take some chances and step outside of the box. That's what mindset training is. We're stepping outside of the box. But it's very intuitive. It all makes sense. So we want your athletes working on this on a regular basis. The mental health, we're constantly weaving that in. In our mindset lessons, we're talking about that peak performance in those big matches. We're talking about how to rise to the occasion, how to avoid choking. We discuss all of that. But at the same time, we're also speaking about just, to, just how to apply that now to school, how to apply that now to COVID. Because, you know, again, like it or not, we live in a highly competitive society. And at the same time, we know that mental, mentally right now, people are struggling. This is what teams need the most. I've heard so many coaches now saying, well, our season's canceled or our season's postponed. We're not going to work on mindset training. Wrong. It's, the, it's the, actually the exact opposite. The fact that your athletes are not training normally, the fact that your schools are not on normal schedule, that makes a big difference. That, this is the time now where people need to work on their mindset. The CDC came out with studies. They surveyed people back in June. One out of four people between the ages of 18 and 25 seriously contemplated suicide in June. One out of four people between the ages of 18 to 25. That's a high number to seriously consider suicide. I don't take any of that stuff, uh, I don't take any of that stuff lightly. I take it very serious, okay? We have to make sure that these kids are getting what they need when they need it. This would be the time to double down on mindset training. Adults are struggling too. The CDC also found that 40% of adults, 40% in June, were struggling with some kind of mental disorder or substance abuse. Again, a high number. Adults, that's us. A lot of you are probably going through these kind of things. Uncertainty, changes, 
all different things thrown at us. If it affects the adults, it's going to always then trickle down and affect the kids. So we have to take the bull by the horns. We have to make sure we're working on our mindset on a regular basis. And one of the things that we found is that when, you, when we're actually doing this with, through wrestling, kids open up a lot more. Because if they're just speaking to someone, and I'm all for a therapist. If a kid is struggling, they should definitely see a therapist. But a lot of times they're a little bit reserved. I remember when I was a school psychologist, sometimes kids just didn't want to open up. But when we start talking about wrestling, kids are much more inclined to start opening up because you weave it in there. You start talking about the sport. You start talking about overcoming fear, how to rise to the occasion. And all of a sudden, before you know it, now you're talking about the sport. Of, now you're talking about things they're really struggling with. And that's, and that's important. We need to address things head on. And a lot of these kids just need someone to talk to. And they, and they won't do it a lot of times in front of their coaches or in front of their parents. You know why? Because they feel like they're being perceived as weak. That's one of the biggest barriers to, ki- to kids getting better and to actually taking the bull by the horns and doing the mindset training. They think that if I start working on my mindset, it means automatically there's something wrong with me. And I say, oh, no, it's actually the opposite. The people who do the most strength training are the people who are usually the strongest. In the same way, the people who are doing the most mindset training are going to have it together the most mentally. It makes sense. Go back to the strength training analogy. If it works for strength, it's going to work for mindset. Makes a lot of sense. On the side of the screen, one of the things I posted, just so everyone has that on the call, that is our, our daily mindset text. So every day we put out a free text message, no cost. Send this out to your athletes, parents. This right there, our, a daily kick in the pants. One thing we're saying to you, a quote of the day, our Mindset Monday, gets you going. Also, our, e- our ebook on the Predator Mindset, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, that's something you're also going to want to, going to, want to make sure you get. Again, it's under 20 bucks. Good. Get it for the holiday time, just in time. And our link tree, that's our podcast, our YouTube page, our Instagram. We're constantly pumping out free information. And I'm all about that. I got criticized for that a lot in the beginning. You know, you give away too much. You got to charge for this and that. Well, you know what? I'm happy to help. And especially when I know that the kids are struggling and I know the coaches are struggling right now, I'm motivated to help even more. Yes, of course, we have our team program. We talk about that later. We have an individual program. Some of you coaches have kids that, that are competing in sports, seriously competing. We work with them too individually. We work with the teams as a whole. We work with all sports. But that being said, we want to make sure we get the kids the help they need because this is life. So... We got to take the bull by the horns. We got to make sure we're doing this. Everyone, every coach that's on the call, I'm happy to do a free session with your team. Wrestling Mindset will do a free introductory session with your team. So I, I mentioned this the last time I did the coaches convention. I brought this up a little bit later in the in the discussion. I wanted to make sure I brought that up early. So anyone who wants to write down their name or their phone number on the chat or wants to send me a text message during the call or after the call, I'm happy to jump in there and make sure that we get you guys the service. That's my cell phone I threw up on the side of the screen. So like I said, I'm hap- we're happy to do a free trial session with your team during this time. Y- you need the help. We want to help you, and we all win. So let's get down to some nuts and bolts of, of all of this. So we break our mindset training down into two phases, phase one and phase two, just like you lift weights differently in season versus out of season, right? Out of season, you're trying to get stronger. In season, you're more looking to maintain and build more endurance. Well, it's the same thing with mindset. You're going to be working different mental muscles in season versus out of season. So we break the year down into two phases, phase one, phase two. Phase one is out of season. And then we're working on the foundation, building the base of the pyramid. Remember, mathematically, a pyramid is only as high as its base is wide. So you need to make sure that you're working on that foundation. That is goal setting, mental toughness, motivation, action planning. That's, by the way, that's really, really important when there's adversity. When there's adversity in wrestling, when there's adversity in life, COVID, this is where we really start gearing more towards phase one because that's what they need. They need that rock solid foundation. And unfortunately in this world that we're living in, which is highly, you know, highly atheistic, extremely off the rails with a lot of the thinking, we need to make sure that we're giving these kids a rock solid foundation. So we, fo- we focus on that. Now, in season, we're gearing more towards phase two, 
which is more geared towards peak performance because now they're in season. They, they got their call to the table. They got to be ready to answer that call. So now we're focusing more on the mental muscles of relaxing under pressure, competence, clarity, aggressiveness, staying in the present moment. Remember, the past is history. The future is a mystery. Only the present is a gift. So we want to make sure we're keeping them in the present moment. Of course, there's some crossover between the two phases. They're not mutually exclusive, right? We're going to be hitting on some phase two and phase one and vice versa, some phase one and phase two. But there's more of a focus that way. So we want to make sure we're hitting this, what they need, when they need it. So one of the key things with our mindset program, first thing I'll go through is our mindset principles. One of the things that we do to establish a culture and for the team to build an identity is we have the team go through the four mindset principles before and after every practice. They literally, everyone stands up and out loud, they say as a team, the four mindset principles. And I'll repeat them again, but they are, one, I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. Two, I'm aggressive and relentless. Three, I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. And four, I never, ever give up. And then any of the any additional mindset principles that your team wants to add, they could add them to that. But before and after every practice, they stand up as a team and they say them out loud. It's very important. It's the same reason why the military says things out loud. And as a group, as a unit, why a, a martial arts dojo does these things before their workouts. It's why we stand up at church and say the creed out loud because there's something powerful about when we speak what we believe. When you make that act of faith, When you declare what you believe, sometimes your mouth needs to teach your brain. In other words, sometimes you don't necessarily believe it, but your mouth teaches your brain. Your mouth teaches your heart. It's the same thing with Muhammad Ali or Joe Warren, who is world champ. Muhammad Ali said he was the greatest of all time, long before he ever won the heavyweight championship of the world. Joe Warren said to himself over and over and over again, I'm the baddest man on the planet. He said that over and over until he, until he believed it. So it's the same thing. Your mouth teaches your brain. So you want to say these mindset principles out loud. It builds camaraderie. The team gets into it. And we do the same thing with our businesses we work with. We work with our, our sales companies and we're teaching. Now, these people have their jobs on the line and they have, they have millions of dollars to make these people. For them, it's I'm thankful for the opportunity to work. For you, it's I'm thankful for the opportunity to coach. For me, it's I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak. So that's the idea. We want to make sure we're saying this out loud. Number one is I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. We see what happens when opportunity is taken from us. Or the athletes who were going to compete in the NCAA championships last year, they certainly see what it's like when an opportunity is taken from us. The people who were training for the Olympics last year, they see what it's last year, these past few months, they see what it's like when the opportunity is taken from them. Anyone who's sustained either a career-ending injury or a season-ending injury knows what it's like to have the opportunity taken away. When you step on the mat and you get to compete, you don't have to compete, you want to compete, you get to compete, you thank God for that. It's a great thing, it's a gift, it's a blessing because that could be pulled from you at any time. So you say to yourself, I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. You usually hear this in interviews before or after rather the Olympics, the NCAAs, Super Bowl, World Series, Stanley Cup, NBA championships, all sports. Athletes say after they compete, they were thankful for the opportunity to compete. It starts with that attitude of gratitude. Not only so there's two things with that. There's performance benefits and there's mental health benefits. Performance. If you're thankful, it's gonna be very hard to be nervous and thankful at the same time. When you're thankful, you're not as worried. You're happy to be out there. Nervous is I'm scared to be out there, and a part of me doesn't want to be out there. Okay, so it combats nerves in a strong way. Mental health, when you're thankful, that's actually the opposite of depression. That's actually the opposite of sadness and suicide, to be thankful. The opposite of sadness is not happiness. I learned this in my doctoral program. The opposite of sadness is having an attitude of gratitude. So we have to be thankful for the opportunity to compete. That's why many of the Psalms are praise and thanksgiving. It's all built in because you have, to have, you have to be grateful. And when you do that, you're more likely to compete better and you're also more likely to stay out of these low areas of life of anxiety and depression, which we all struggle with from time to time. So it's going to help. 
Be thankful. You go to any local hospital or nursing home, not that you'd want to right now during this period of time we're living in, but you see people who can't walk, they can't talk, they can't move the way that you do. I'm from the East Coast, so I say things like walk, talk, coffee, chocolate, and awesome, and tournament. <laughs> Probably a little bit different than you, but that's okay. We're all, we're all on the same team here. So, okay, number two, I'm aggressive and relentless. The people who usually succeed in any field of life, school, in business, in wrestling, whatever, the people who succeed are usually hustlers and they're go-getters. They get after it. Okay, what good is it if you could hit all these moves in practice and then you're out there in a match and you don't even try it? I mean, at least try the moves you're practicing. Go for it. Pull the trigger. And that's why you can't overemphasize your feelings. Now, we say to our athletes all the time, do things to make yourself feel good. There's a lot of things we build into the pre-match routine. That's a whole other lesson for our four key ingredients to a great pre-match routine. Remember, we have 80 mindset lessons. That's a lot of content. So there's, there's a lot of material out there that we have. So we can only hit on so much tonight. I get excited. I want to go through all of it. But our pre-match routine, we do a lot of things to make ourselves feel good when we step out there. Zeke Jones, my college coach, always said, get that good feel when you step out there on the mat. That being said, you don't want to overemphasize your feelings. I'm sure you see this. A lot of athletes, when they don't feel good, then they start wrestling crummy. Well, what's the problem there? They're overemphasizing their feelings. You don't want to do that. Maybe you got a good night's sleep. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you had a good weight cut. Maybe you didn't. And of course, there's also things you could do to make sure you have a better weight cut. There's, we have a full five-part series on sleep, making sure you're sleeping the night before competitions because a lot of athletes, they're up real late. They're, they're too nervous. They can't go to sleep. They can't shut it down. You might, you might remember what it's like uh, a time you were nervous before you were going to compete, maybe giving a best man speech or a big speech you had, to, you had to say in front of people. And what happened? It was tough going to sleep. So, you know, again, maybe you got a good night's sleep. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you had a good weight cut. Maybe you didn't. Are you going to shoot or not out there? Right? Are you going to honestly try to turn the sky when you're on top? Or are you just going to kind of hang on on bottom? Are you going to really look to get out? Or are you going to just coast if you have a lead? If you're up by th- you know, two or three points, you're going to kind of hang out on bottom a little bit. No, that's, that's aggressiveness. So you want to be aggressive and relentless. Relentless means you keep going the whole time. You don't start pumping the brakes at the end. You keep, you know, even if you have a lead, you don't be content to win by five if you could win by six. You don't be content with a major if you could get a tech. So having that attitude that you keep scoring and scoring and eventually you break the other guy and then once he breaks, that's when you stick him in the ground. You step right on his throat. You take the match and now you got to take his heart. So when you're out there competing, your athletes, you want them out for blood. And, and when I say all this, I'm using the colorful language because fair, square, by the rules, you're never doing anything illegal. But you have to have that imagery in your head that when you're out there competing, you don't feel sorry for your opponent and not just not feeling sorry for them, but you don't let yourself off the hook because it's actually a great sign of disrespect when you start pumping the brakes on your opponent because that shows you don't respect them. You don't think they could beat you. So it's actually greater respect to keep scoring and scoring because you're respecting them because you know anything can happen. So you have to have that kind of an attitude. Also, I'd venture to say that some of your biggest losses and some of your most painful defeats in life or in wrestling were when you had a lead and you started pumping the brakes. You started taking it easy. And then what happens? They come back, they get us at the end or they get your team at the end. And that's a crummy feeling. That really stinks. So we want to make sure that we don't fall into that. We want to be aggressive and we want to be relentless. That goes in the classroom too. You want your athletes to be, in, well, you know, if they can sit up front, sitting up front, taking notes, asking questions, staying after, um, going in for extra help, getting a tutor. Your students should be aggressive to the point where they're asking for a tutor. They don't need a teacher or a parent telling them they need a tutor. They should be going to their teacher and their parent getting a tutor. You know, these, these, these young men and women, they're going to have a career soon. They should be aggressively going into, you know, career services, speak to the guidance counselor, taking personality tests, figuring out where you can work, like seriously looking, seriously looking to improve. So you got to get after it. Those are the most successful people in life. Those, that's what, that's how the richest people in the world think. That's how the most, the best wrestlers think. Um, That's how the best students think. 
They're ferocious. They're aggressive. Number three, I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. And that's the big one. Most people, the reason why they don't compete as well is because they're too busy looking around. What are, what are other people thinking about me? Comparing themselves to other people, thinking too much about letting their dad down in the stands, wanting to look good in front of their teammates or impress the pretty girl that came to watch them, all that garbage, thinking too much about rankings and records and seedings and predictions. It's all that prey mindset that we speak about on a regular basis. We'll get into that in a moment, but that's what we're afraid of. We don't want to look bad. We don't want to get embarrassed. We don't, want, we don't want to lose. And the worst soldier to go against is the one who says, today's a great day to die. And I'm not saying they're trying to die out there in battle, but they're going out there. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at you. They're not going to let, they're not going to let you off the hook. So having that attitude where I have no fear of losing or making mistakes we had a wrestler, number eight seed at the NCAAs. He upset the number one seed in the semis, wound up winning the whole thing, coming from the eighth seed. And he said this. He got interviewed right after the nationals, right after the NCAAs. He said, I had no fear of losing or making mistakes. He said his team did a lot of mindset training. We were working with his team th- throughout the whole year, multiple years. And he knew it. But it's, and why was it fresh in his mind? Well, because in the biggest moment of this kid's life, He went back, this young man's life, he went back in his mind. It was automatic, just like there's muscle memory. Well, he had it in his mindset because he said these mindset principles over and over and over. So when the time came for the NCAA finals, he was programmed. He was ready to go. I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. And what happens? He pulls the trigger and he goes out there and wins. So I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. That's something that holds us down, as, uh, holds us back as, as adults too, as coaches, as teachers, as administrators in business. Um, we're thinking too much about other people. We're thinking too much about looking bad. We don't want to do that. We want to be focusing on ourselves and what we need to do to get better and improve our position. Number four, I never, ever give up. And that's just simply not quitting. Uh, One of the key things that I've learned during this COVID period of time, I interviewed a lot of people. I interviewed top executives, multimillionaires, UFC coaches, top wrestlers, top wrestling coaches, and and it really has been great. One thing I notice about the very best, they have this common theme. During this COVID time, they said, other people have it worse. There are some people who have it worse than me. That's a common mindset across domains. Other people have it worse. Also, they weren't lazy thinkers. They saw opportunity during adversity. So that's what you need to do. You need to train yourself to see opportunity during adversity. And finally, there was no quit in them. There was never even a thought of of giving up. In fact, a lot of the people that I interviewed said they're going to use this as an opportunity to get better. They're going to come out the other end of this even better than they did going into it. Why? Because now during COVID, we see there are a lot of people struggling mentally. So what's that going to do? That's going to slow them down. And then, and that's going to be it for a lot of people. For a lot of people, COVID will actually ruin their career. For a lot of teams, they're going to go downhill after COVID because they weren't able to fight through this period of time. And, And it's not always their fault. It's just sometimes maybe they didn't have the tools and know exactly what to say to the kids, or they didn't know what switches to flip. So we want to help with that. There are other people that are going to absolutely come out of this, that are going to come out the other end of COVID. They've capitalized on the opportunity. They've gotten better with their technique. They got their conditioning better. They've been eating healthier. They worked on their mindset. And those are the people that are going to come out of this better. Because most most people on your team are probably planning on competing in the next two to two to five years, or some of them. You know, the next few years, they're probably going to be competing. So this year, no matter what happens, you've got to be ready for next year. And next year, no matter what happens, the following year, sooner or later, these kids are going to be on the mat again. And when they take the mat, they got to be ready to go because eyes are on them. Not that they should care about if eyes are on them, but they got to be ready to perform. This has implications to what school they get into. This has implications to how they're going to handle their whole life. If you handle things well in wrestling, if you handle things well in school, you're going to handle things well in life. I've heard before said that if if you do how you handle one thing is how you handle everything. 
That's not exactly true, but I get the point of what people are saying with that. They're saying how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you hold yourself accountable in, in areas of life, that's usually the kind of person you are. If you're the person who is not conscientious, you're probably not conscientious at all. So the, the, the virtue that we're talking about here is magnanimity. That means striving for excellence in all things. You've probably heard that before. Kind of a big word, magnanimity. It's the virtue of striving for excellence in all things. And that's what you want your athletes to be. That's why Gable got the Medal of Freedom. Because Gable's attitude was outwork everyone. Out everything, everyone. And, and I get it that that's not always, that's not always conce- conceivable. You, ca- you can't always do that. Like there are some natural limitations you have. But that mentality of saying I'm going to out everything, everyone, that's what leads to success. And so that's a big, that's a Gable principle right there. And that's striving for excellence in all things. That's the virtue of magnanimity. The opposite, ver, the opposite of the virtue of magnanimity is pusillanimity. And you know what that word sounds like. But that's, that's being effeminate. Not feminine, effeminate. Which means you're not willing to put aside your feelings and do hard things. And if you want to be successful, you have to do hard things. A lot of times you have to deny yourself. A lot of times you have to make sacrifices. You're, you're eating, you know, your, your whole family is eating junk food. You're eating healthy. People stop practicing. You're doing more conditioning on a different, you know, you could be doing anything right now, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. You're working on your mindset. See, it is a sacrifice and that's how you want your athletes to think. So we have to be willing to put aside our feelings and put aside our emotions and put aside that immediate gratification and do hard things. And if you can't do that, that, that's pusillanimity. So we want magnanimity, striving for excellence in all things, not slacking off, not being weak. So making sure we're getting after that. So that's our four mindset principles. I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. I'm aggressive and relentless. I have no fear of losing or making mistakes, and I never, ever give up. So, again, before and after every practice, you want the group to stand and go through all of them together. Repetition is the mother of mastery. Make sure they say it out loud. It builds the camaraderie as a team. It gets the mental reps. Mm -hmm. Remember, you have the strength reps in the weight room. You have the technical reps while they drill. Now they need the mental reps, just like Muhammad Ali. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. His mouth taught his mind. His mouth taught his heart. So make sure you do that with the team. That, is gonna, that would work for anything. That would work, again, across the board. If there's something you want to be good at, get those mental reps in. We talk about that a lot of times, and it's a discipline. As I said, feelings, again, feelings are very overrated. I say do things to make yourself feel good. I'm all about being in a good mood and being positive, but you don't overemphasize your feelings. And I prove this to my athletes. I say, did you ever feel, did you ever feel like, you, you, you don't want to exercise, you don't want to get a lift in, and then you're in the weight room and you break a personal record, right? Because a lot of times, it's easy to know with the numbers, like your bench press, your squat, your deadlift. Well, how many wrestlers, you probably know this as a coach too, you've probably done this before, you didn't feel like exercising, you were tired, maybe you're feeling lazy, you get in the weight room and you break a record, right? What does that tell you? That tells you your feelings are overrated, I mean, do things to make yourself feel good, but don't put too much emphasis in it. Stop doing that. And you prove that to yourself also. We'll have our athletes. We'll tell our wrestlers to do this. Write down your three best performances and write down your three worst performances. Now, you have them on two different sheets of paper. Let me get out some paper. This should give you a little bit of a... So if I have it down, three, be- three best performances, three wor- worst performances. What exactly were you thinking during each of these matches? Be as detailed and specific as you possibly can. And here's what you find. In those, two, in those two papers, they're polar opposites. When you're competing at your best, you're telling yourself one series. Uh, it, uh, you're, you're playing a certain CD. I'm dating myself here who's using CDs, but, but it makes sense. You're, you're, you, you say DVD. You're playing one DVD in your best matches mentally, and you're playing a different DVD, a very different DVD in your head 
when you're wrestling at your worst. You want to find the themes, the patterns. What are the underlying threads between your three best matches? And do the same thing with your worst matches. It's such an easy thing to do, but almost all wrestlers go through their entire career without doing the simple exercise that takes 10 minutes. Once you do this exercise, you have such an understanding of yourself, and also, that teaches you where your personal optimal point is. Okay? Here's the secret. It's not that big of a secret. Do what works. Stop doing what doesn't work. So when you find what you're telling yourself, your thoughts, your feelings, what's your, what, what's your emotional level like on a scale of 1 to 10? Right? Or what's your, not emotional level, your energy level on a scale of 1 to 10? Some people need to be very high. Some people need to be very low. Some people are in the middle. You can't, you can't have each wrestler getting ready the same exact way. So each wrestler needs to find their optimal point. It's a simple exercise, but a lot of people don't do it. So make sure you do that. It's, it's putting in that work, and it's a discipline. It's an act of the will. It's much like love and forgiveness. Loving someone is not always a feeling. Those of you who are married know that. It's not always a feeling. It's an act of the will. Same thing with forgiving someone. It's an act of the will. Well, our mindset, being positive, being a positive thinker, that's not just kumbaya and let's hold hands in a circle and rainbows and sunshine and butterflies and all that stuff. I mean, that's great for camaraderie and everything, but that's not what we're talking about here. Being a positive thinker is a discipline. When you catch yourself complaining, criticizing, blaming, pointing the finger at other people, guess what? That's the time in that moment you need to turn it back on yourself. You need to say, what can I do to get better? You need to, tell the, you need to say to yourself, what's the opportunity here? We're all going through it with COVID. You've complained about it, so have I. I'm not an exception to this whole, this whole thing. Mindset applies to me just as much as it applies to you. When I catch myself pointing the finger, criticizing, blaming, complaining, I wish things were different. Why does it have to be like this? No, in that moment, it's a discipline. What's the opportunity here? What am I thankful for? What can I do to get better right now? That's how you have to think. And that's a discipline. It's hard to do. When you're having a bad day, you just get, you know, your athletes, they get broken up with, you know, they fail a test. They, you know, they got to cut weight. They lose a match. The coaches are on them. The parents are on them. The teachers are on them. That's not kumbaya. That's not sunshine and rainbows. That's a discipline where you still say, okay, what am I thankful for? What's one or two things I can improve right now? How can I get better in this moment? And how do I make, so you're in a certain situation, you say to yourself, how do I make this situation better? I ask people that question a lot. Well, how do you make the situation better? And like, I just don't know. They shut their mind off. So I say, okay, well, how do you get this, this situation to stink less? Right? How many athletes are like, oh, this stinks. Or they say, oh, this sucks. And I say, well, how do you get the situation to suck a little bit less? And sometimes when you flip the question, people then start, then all of a sudden the creative juices start flowing. Why? Because people a lot of times don't want to think positive when they're having a bad day. I know what that's like. You know what it's like. So flip the question. What can you do to make the situation not as bad? How can I make this stink less? And that's what you coaches want to do. So making sure you stay on that, um, making that a, a team policy that when they're out there, if they ca- you catch them complaining, what are you thankful for? If they say, if they get down on themselves, what's one thing you're good at? The best coaches, the best leaders, the best teachers, they have a three to one praise to critique ratio. I've actually even heard it as high as five to one. And it doesn't mean you're kissing the kid's butt and telling them what they want to hear and always patting them on the back. Just listening to someone, that's, that, would be a, that would be a praise. Nodding your head, smiling, that's a praise. Okay, it's not just telling them what they want to hear and always, yes, 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 you're doing so great, keep it up. No, it's not always that. So you correct them, but it's also how you correct them. One of the things we do with our coaches, we have a coach's mindset guide. So what we do there, and we also do the same thing with parents. We ask five key questions. One, what am I doing that is helping you mentally? So we want the athletes to, uh, to address these questions. What are your parents doing that are helping you mentally? What are your coaches doing that are helping you mentally? And then on the other side, and they're writing this down. They're putting the pen to paper. As I say all the time, you have to do the things we're telling you to do. So write it down. What are your parents doing that are hurting you mentally? 
What might be some of the things that the coaches are doing that are hurting you mentally? And of course, they're not trying to, but put it down on paper. Let's get the ongoing discussion going. Most athletes do not communicate with the adults, whether it's parents or coaches. And guess what? That bites them. It was hard enough back when I was in school. Well, now it's even worse because now the kids are in the text message culture. So if you want, if you want your friend to come outside and play, you, instead of just knocking on, ringing their doorbell, now they just text you, someone's going on a date, it's a text message. People don't call each other, they text, they send Snapchat, Instagram, right? So we have to build up this communication between the athletes and coaches, or the, yeah, and the athletes and the parents. So we build that into the program. Also, how sensitive are you? All of you that have been coaching for a while know that different athletes have different sensitivity levels. And if you don't address that, what's going to happen is you might end up losing one of your potentially best wrestlers. Now, we're not putting that entirely on the coach. That's also the athlete. The athlete needs to get thicker skin. The athlete needs to suck it up a little bit. The athlete needs to take it like a man, right? Being willing to put the emotions aside sometimes, the feelings. So, of course, they have to get tough too. But as coaches... We only have so many hours in the day. You want to make sure you're giving the information to the athlete in the way that they're most likely to digest it. So that means you need to know, does your athlete need the information extremely positive or can it be blunt and straightforward? Some athletes would prefer just direct communication. That doesn't necessarily mean that doesn't necessarily mean they're more mentally tough than the sensitive athlete that you have to be really positive. You just need to know that are they somewhere in between? So getting that conversation going, we address that in the curriculum. We want to make sure that you understand your athletes and you could give them exactly what they need. And that's how they, get, they bring out their best. And parents, we do the same thing with them. A lot of the kids just want the parents to, to you know, back off and you know, just be dad or just be mom. So we address those kind of things. Also knowing what exactly does the kid need before they step out there on the mat. Some kids want you to joke around with them. Some of them want you to be, um, some of them want you to get, get you really motivated. Gable spoke to his athletes. Some of them wanted to be slapped in the face. I remember Joey McKenna saying to Coach Buxton, uh, saying that one of the things he liked that Coach Buxton would say is just move your feet. That put him in his optimal mindset. Move your feet. Coach didn't go into a whole big discourse about his technique. He just said, move your feet. And that was good enough for him. That worked for McKenna. Well, that's what great coaches do. They know what to say to their athletes to bring out their best. So how does that happen? Spending time with the athletes, having discussions with them. So making sure you're doing that. Shout out to Coach Buxton. So making sure we're on top of that. And finally, last question we have is, when does the athlete want feedback from the coaches and from the parents after competition, some coaches, some athletes prefer to have immediate feedback about their technique. Some prefer to have it later on in the day. Some prefer it the next day. As the athlete gets older, I like to give them a little bit more freedom there because, you know, you want to respect the kid and sometimes they don't, and sometimes they don't want that. So if you could give them the feedback when they want it, I just think that's helpful. And as the athlete gets older, you could give them a little bit more freedom with that. So addressing it having those difficult conversations with the kids. We build that all in. Like we said, we try to take the guesswork out of it. We know what these athletes are going through, and it's not rocket science. We've, been do, you know, we've done this tens and thousands of times for individuals and teams. It's, it's just making sure we have the necessary conversations. It's making sure we address the necessary topics. Like we said, your best, worst matches. What are you thinking at that time? Most athletes have no clue. Or if they have a clue, they never wrote it down on paper. Well, if they didn't write it down, how can they replicate it? We talk over and over about how to, be, how to bring out your best. The key word that all top athletes use is consistency. Consistency. You can't even talk about having a consistent performance if you don't first talk about having consistent thoughts, consistent emotions, consistent behaviors, doing the same warm-up every time, same pre-match routine every time. Get yourself to the same place mentally and emotionally every time. Do the same cool down every time. Eat the same food every time. If you have that consistency, you see that with the upper level athletes. Sometimes they learn it through trial and error. Sometimes it's getting help from someone else. So we want to take that time out of the equation. We want to take all the, the losses out and just give you this great stuff that can help them right away. This stuff has a big impact. Some of these kids, once they start with their mindset, these changes happen quick. 
You know, they, they really make some big changes. And again, like I said, it's not just about wrestling. At the end of the day, you just want to make sure you left no stone unturned with educating your athletes. Summing this all up, we want to use wrestling as a vehicle to build virtue and mental tools for life. How much more important is it during the COVID time where we know a lot of people are struggling mentally, anxiety, depression, socialization, they're, they're battling. So we want to make sure that we help them. All the, and the top athletes, sometimes the top athletes need the mindset the most because they're the one, all the pressure is on them. The whole team is riding on their performance. Well, not exactly, but the, the team is counting on them. The college scouts are watching them. They're the ones that are going to be up on flow wrestling. They're the ones that are going to be all over Twitter and Instagram. Sometimes they need it the most. And there's other guys, they're just struggling with one or two key points. And once you fix that, they get to the next level. But Remember those mindset red flags. And if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Whether it's wrestling, whether it's school, whether it's life, mindset makes the difference. I thank you very much for having me at this uh, great convention. I love Oregon. One of our best mindset coaches, born and bred out there. And again, on, our, on the side of our panel, we have the Daily Motivation Text, the Predator Mindset Book, as well as my phone number. Any team that wants to do a free introductory session, I'm happy to do it. Any of your kids that are competing in any sport, they want a free introductory one-on-one, happy to do it. Make sure you get a hold of me. Take care, guys. God bless you, and keep working hard. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.